From Vistio, this is CXQA Live. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Hello and welcome to CXQA Live, the home of the agent-centric contact center philosophy. We talk about it every week, how we believe that agents with the right connection with your business and the right equipping, they're going to bring a ton of revenue growth and protection to your business. They're going to be the best diagnostic tool that you could possibly have for your business. That's what we're going to talk about today, by the way. They're going to ensure that your customers are connected and satisfied. They're going to produce more and better work, and they're going to want to stick around and be a part of the long-term success of your business. So today on the show, we have joining us for the first time in the hot seat, Shafiq Abdelawi, longtime attendee of the show. Shafiq uh, describes himself on LinkedIn as business optimizer, process automator, technology integrator, data analyzer, demand predictor, capacity planner. I had to get a second breath there. Shafiq, we're really glad to have you on the show, man. Rob, thanks a lot for the invite. It's nice to participate in your show. Uh, it's been very valuable. Just meeting people, discussing contact center topics has been great. And uh, yeah, I'm very honored to be uh, invited to participate uh, in the hot seat and uh, look forward to add value as much as I can. Awesome, man. Well, basically a couple of weeks ago, we were on with our friend Doug Raybold and we were having kind of some serious real talk about common metrics in CX. And uh, the impetus for this episode, what really kind of got us I don't know, the creative juices flowing. We were talking about these metrics and Shafiq, you made a comment that CX leaders should encourage and act on agent feedback specifically as it pertains to metrics, which, you know, we get conversations about agent feedback. Sometimes we don't see a lot of conversations about agent feedback on the metrics that we're measuring them on. And then in the discussion table afterwards, it kind of flourished into a larger conversation about encouraging agent feedback, but also making the most of it, like actually listening to it, creating programs and structures that capture that feedback and make it actionable. So basically listen to the agents. But anyway, Shafiq, I'd really like to just turn the mic over to you, proverbially speaking, and like, just lay this out for us. How do you see this? Help us out. All right, cool. Yep. Thanks a lot, Rob. So I'll, uh, I'll start with a quick intro of myself before I hop into, uh, into this, and the intro really directly links the points that I'll be making. I started as an agent. I used to be a, an agent at Coca-Cola, where I took calls, took chats, cases, and the general stuff that a contact center agent would do. And from there, I kind of moved into multiple roles. I moved into workforce management, moved into contact center technology, then came back to workforce. Now I'm also doing quality. And how this links to exactly what I'm trying to, uh, the points I'm making here is the agent today in a contact center environment is surrounded by multiple things. The very close thing around them is their manager and their team. So there's usually, hopefully, close relationship there where they feel comfortable sharing feedback within their team and with their manager, which hopefully that feedback does convey across other departments and across higher level leadership. 
But also the agent is surrounded by multiple other supporting functions which directly impact their job. So you've got workforce management with the schedules, with the metrics that workforce management uh, keeps track of. You have quality management with their own metrics, with their own processes of coaching and evaluating calls and chats and cases and all of that. You have training and knowledge management, which are involved at the onboarding level of the agent and then throughout their career as an agent. And then, of course, you have technology, which provides them the solutions that they're actually using day in and day out on their job. All of these things have different stakeholders and the agents having to navigate the world of being an agent and having to work with all these things and these multiple drivers around them can be complex and sometimes can cause anxieties and can be hard to manage for for the reps. So feedback, as an organization, we need to seek it continuously and it needs to be a process in and of itself, not just when something goes wrong or if some metric goes down, oh, let's go get some feedback from our reps. It needs to be something that is continuous. And as an example, on my side, in my current world, where I operate for workforce management and quality, I have very close relationships with the managers. Just like in most contact centers, usually it's the agent managers who are involved in these other processes with these other stakeholders. And that if there's anything that needs to go in between the agents and these other stakeholders, very often it goes through the manager. So I try to keep a very close relationship with those managers. And almost in every meeting I have with them, I'm asking, so what are you hearing? What feedback are the reps sharing with you, which is directly linked to our function, to what we do, so we can see if there's any processes we need to change, any additional education or communication that we need to push, or anything that would help make sure that at least from our side, in terms of how we're impacting the job of that rep, what feedback can we take to make sure that we're not making the job harder for those reps, but helping them with their processes. I know that was kind of long-winded, but I tried to bring up the point as to where I come from and how agent feedback to me is valuable from a business standpoint. No, absolutely. I think you made all the, the necessary connections there, man. Uh, and I, I appreciate you sharing that uh, kind of overview of how, how you came to see this uh, the way that you do. I mean, I again, I mentioned earlier in the show, like, we, we hear talk about agent feedback and you kind of made that connecting point to the business outcomes. Uh, why isn't this something that more leaders understand, you think? I think they understand it. I think it's just often they get busy and very often, unfortunately, they get disconnected. So with, when we're talking leaders, there's multiple levels of leaders in the contact center world. Uh, there's contact centers where stuff are centralized and you have, for example, a VP or a chief of contact or customer experience or whatever that has all of the teams reporting into them from the frontline teams with the agents and their managers to all these supporting functions of workforce management, quality, technology, and all of that. And then you have other organizations where stuff is separate, where the head of the contact center operations would only have the managers and their reps, but then they have to work with other departments that have the training, that have quality, that have workforce, forecasting, finance, reporting, technology. So the environment can make it more difficult. When it is an environment where it is separated, it is more difficult for those leaders to make sure that the 
feedback from the reps and the agents makes it across all of these other stakeholders. I worked in both types of environments, and I can definitely say with pretty high confidence that when everybody does report into the leader of the contact center, including all these supporting functions, the feedback is usually taken faster and easier to implement than what it is in separate uh, departments. So in the best environments that I've seen it, if it is continuous, if the feedback is taken and the managers are sharing that feedback right away, because it, it does come back to the managers because more often than not, an agent is not gonna come out of the blue and go to a quality analyst or quality manager and say, here's feedback for you. Often it's gonna go to their manager and, and it does fall on those managers to be very open, very communicative and share that feedback they're getting continuously. And then it falls on everybody else when they do get that feedback from the manager that they are actioning it and not just taking it and saying thank you for the feedback type of thing. Mm. So, I mean, a couple of pieces there to unpack. And, you know, we had somebody in the chat say, yeah, leaders getting disconnected definitely is something that resonates. I, I, I mean, the different levels and types and avenues of leadership within the contact center, just the diversity of the roles even and sub-departments can make, well, anything kind of complicated to implement and to execute well. It's evolved to what it is for, for reasons that we can understand and trace. But I feel like there's some things to navigate with regard to how you even set up a process, right, for this kind of feedback to be turned into something that is actionable and then yep. to follow the train of responsibility of whose job it is to make sure it gets acted upon, right? And Lisa had a good question as well. Uh, she's asking, how do you suggest agent feedback be organized to make it quantifiable? And the reason yep. I, I think this is connected is because who is responsible or might be more than one answer to that question for taking in agent feedback and then where does it go and what does it do and how do we turn that into change and action that seems to be all kind of yep. connected to me so maybe you could kind of talk about um, practically speaking how can a leadership team because it really is a team right um, multiple different types of leaders that might bump into feedback might not just be that direct supervisor there might be somebody in training who receives feedback early or even through sort of the ongoing training processes or, you know, there's QA, there's workforce management, there's all these people that are in leadership in some sense that might yep. be receiving feedback. How do we structure this practically? How do we get this thing even like thought about well? Yep. So that's, a, that's an awesome question. And I'm sure it's a timeless question because everybody wants to improve that or at least wants to pretend to, <laughs> to improve that. I'm going to say this. I was an agent and I'm currently in the leadership roles where I'm taking that agent's feedback. I would say the more it's structured, the more tools we put around it and rules as to here's how you share feedback and all that, the less likely we are to get it. I think it's going to be very human centric. It's going to be the managers first have to establish, you have to have that environment where people feel open to sharing stuff with their manager and also you got to have that environment in the company where people feel open to share stuff with a second level manager without their manager feeling threatened or feeling some kind of negative feeling about that. And people have to be able to also share their feedback with anybody 
within their world that could help them or that they impact directly themselves. So I could say not all companies are like that, unfortunately, but companies who have established that very open communication culture is, uh, is a great start and it's definitely essential where it's open, it's transparent, and it's confident leadership where people don't feel threatened about why did this rep not go through their manager before they went and started sharing information with others. So that's number one. Number two, the people-centric focus I'm mentioning is you're going to have feedback sessions where maybe you don't want to even call them feedback sessions, but like the VP or the head of the contact center operations is going to have some town halls at least quarterly with everybody. And during those town halls, leaders need to be told, look, the bulk of the questions and the bulk of the feedback we're trying to get are from our front lines. So please don't fill up time with your questions. You may have other opportunities to ask those questions. We want the front lines to ask us their questions and to share with us any concerns they have, any ideas they have or whatever. And then below those uh, high level leaders, whether it's the leader of quality, the leader of workforce management, the technology stakeholders, whether they have specific managers in charge of contact center technology, or all of these, or training, knowledge management, all these stakeholders, their managers should every now and then have sessions with multiple reps, two, three, or the entire team to one, educate them on what their function does, and two, gather their feedback how are things going? How does our function impact your job? What are the challenges you have? What ideas do you have for us to improve? And then lastly, and this is very important, is it goes back to that disconnect, remaining connected with what the agents actually do. Whatever role you're in, it's always a good idea to just listen to calls, go read chat transcripts, see how these conversations are happening between agents and the customers of our company. In addition to that, if you want to go a step further, which I highly encourage, quarterly or every six months, do some shadowing sessions. Sit with a few reps for an hour, ask questions, see what they do with their job, ask them about their challenges, see how they move around their screen, what are the things they have to do on the calls, the types of stuff that come their way, just so you remain connected and you show that you actually care about what they do, how they do it, and really are trying to help them with their job. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's funny as you're saying this, Matt's saying some similar things in the chat about, you know, really being connected to what's happening with the agents as it's happening and, and understanding the bigger picture and understanding the larger feedback that has come before as well as how that, you know, connects to and, and is really um, integrated into uh, how, leadership is engaging on a daily basis to make the agent's job more effective and better and to equip them to be successful. I think what, you know, what you hear a lot of, unfortunately, is the literal exact opposite, right? Where you have leaders that they're just saying, well, improve your average handle time and your CSAT. And that's really about as deep as we're going. Um, Instead of being engaged with the actual moments that the agents are in, um, and, and being able to take that feedback and wrap that to the bigger picture and the, and the larger perspective. What, one thing I want to make sure that I get a clear answer from you on, because it is the hot seat after all, right? <laughs> so specifically about your information that you're thinking about how this gets gathered, because you kind of said you feel like that human feel 
is so critical. And I get that. Like, I totally agree. You know, programs and structures don't often encourage people to really give you the feedback, right? But at scale, if you don't have, and I think this is what Lisa was really asking, if you don't have this organized, this feedback, aging feedback organized to a certain degree, then it's going to be very difficult to build a business case for making changes, especially when there's money involved, right? And so there's a balance, I think, somewhere in there where, yes, we want the agent to really feel like they can and are free to really share actual feedback that's helpful. But at the same time, businesses make decisions using numbers. And to have numbers, you have to have organization of that agent feedback to turn that yep. into a business case. So maybe you could kind of talk about the balance there uh, because I there has to be one somewhere. Yep. So scale is important. And Lisa, I'm not sure which numbers you're referencing or you got in your mind, but contact center could be as small as 50 reps to as large as thousands of reps all over the globe. So that will definitely make uh, a huge difference. The human aspect doesn't change though. All those reps still report to someone, to some manager. And all those supporting functions still have some manager that's in charge of either the whole thing or specific territory under it. So if people are given the leadership, is given a process where monthly or quarterly, you have to spend X hours on gathering this feedback and you have to provide us meaningful information as to what you've learned, that would already help. In addition to that, we don't want to take anecdotal information and make decisions based on anecdotal information because of the whole loudest person gets the feedback that's more important. We don't want that. We want whatever feedback we get that is qualitative from the agents, we also want to run against the metrics that we are tracking continuously in our performance measurements. So from a systemic standpoint, Scaling that can be done at a human level with a process that is set with expectations from the managers to gather that feedback, to do those shadowing sessions, and to report back on this month, I did three hours of shadowing sessions. These are the reps that I sat with. I also did three meetings, five meetings, whatever, and this is the information I got. And you want to provide them some guidelines as to you don't just meet with agents randomly. You want to establish it where if you're going to meet in order to get data that makes sense, that can be ran against the measurement data that we have in our performance dashboards, you want to take always, like, for example, a high performer, a low performer, and a B player and gather feedback from those three, knowing that the high performer in general, their feedback will be a little worth more than the others because if they're able to meet those metrics, you do want to ask them, okay, so... You're in the top, you're meeting all of these, but we understand that across the team, not everybody is like you. We wish we could clone you, but we can't. So what out of all these metrics that we track for you in which we're doing well, which one do you think is the most unfair? Or which one do you think you have to work a lot harder just to meet compared to other metrics, which you feel like once you got into the groove, you can get that performance uh, without working too hard. The reason why some of these questions are important and why the human aspect is important to get this feedback is those high performers will tell you, well, I can see why B players and C players may have challenges meeting this specific metric because of X, Y, and Z. And then you can work on 
getting that feedback and updating whatever process you have in order to help those C and B players get to that A player stage. And also to make that A player's job even easier so they can stay an A player. But going back to your question from a systemic standpoint, it can be achieved and remain human centric in addition to any additional stuff you want to do, like sending surveys, employee satisfaction and employee sentiment type of gauging and all of that stuff is possible to do. All I'm saying is all of that scalable stuff where you get feedback without that much human interaction, there's only so much feedback you will be able to get with that. No, it's good. I, and and it, it is a balance, right? Like, And, and there's going to be company culture dynamics. There's going to be, you know, industry dynamics maybe even that play into this and company specific, you know, how much are you remote? And, you know, there's just so many variables, right? And I like to say that almost any question that really matters, the answer is some form of it depends, right? Because it's a complicated question enough to be important. And, And I guess I'm just thinking about you know, your analogy of, of, you know, you've got this A player that's really setting the standard with a lot of these metrics. Well, you come in and you ask maybe the folks that aren't achieving that metric level performance, you know, what are the metrics that you don't feel are a good fit for your job or that you don't feel like are compatible with helping to motivate you to improve performance? Well, you might find out that if you change some of the metrics and the way that they're compositely put together, you'd have a lot more a players and ultimately are your metrics actually driving you towards the business outcomes and customer outcomes or are they kind of lost in that shuffle of multiple teams that interact and and i mean we all in life and in work sometimes put our head down to get through something and we miss a lot of what's going on around us and i think uh sometimes you know feedback from an employee from an agent if, if you get real talk out of them, can help you have a, a little bit of a reset and maybe ask some different questions, right? And being willing as a leader to ask some different questions, to ask different people different questions, yep. it can be the difference between continuing at a B minus or a solid B level versus finding out that you've got 30% of your workforce that if we change the, the metrics up just a little bit are going to help us achieve customer and business outcomes that we didn't even think were possible. Um, yep, 100%. So, so I think you've kind of given us somewhat of a framework to uh, ask those questions internally wherever we are. And I think that's what we want to have. There's no exact formula, right? Because yep. um, every context is different. Now, a couple of things I, I, I want to, kind of walk our way towards the end of our last six minutes together because it's it's flown by as usual. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking about somebody who um, is interested in engaging this topic internally. What are some of the pitfalls that they might face internally with other leaders as they're trying to uh, change maybe a culture of yep. metric measurement, everybody get with the program or get out? And instead, they want to kind of engage this human side of the agents to bring out feedback. Help us yep. see some of these pitfalls and walk through this. And these pitfalls exist. And some of the, not sometimes, oftentimes it's us shooting ourselves in the foot and causing these pitfalls to ourselves. So I'm going to start by saying two main things, human and time. The human aspect is extremely important. 
and you can't just expect it's going to happen right away. If, let's say, you're in training or quality or workforce or technology or reporting or any other of the surrounding functions in the contact center world, you can't just decide, oh, okay, now we're going to make an initiative to go get feedback from the agents and expect that they're going to be open to you and they're going to tell you and share stuff with you. If you haven't connected with them or their managers and you don't have that solid relationship built, it's not going to happen. And then if you're doing it just to pretend to do it, like I mentioned earlier, so you can go back to your manager and the higher level leadership and say, look, we went and gathered feedback from the reps. That's fake and it's not really effective. If you want to do it the right way, you got to build the solid relationships with the managers. Make sure they understand you care about what they do. You know the challenges they have as managers. You know what their drivers are. And you're really trying to help them. You're not just trying to help yourself. After that, once you get that buy-in and that trust from the managers, you can then go and spend time with the reps. Go do the shadowing sessions. Sit down with them. Ask them questions. Praise them for the hard work that they're doing. Show them that you understand the challenges that they're sharing with you. You're not just sitting there to, to do a shadowing session. You're really asking questions to understand, and you really want to help them with the challenges that they have. Gain their trust, too, so they trust, okay, you're doing this in a genuine fashion. You're really trying to help. Once you get to that stage, and that's where human and time are very important, then you can work with that feedback and make it an iterative process where you're meeting with them again. You have these processes where you're gathering more feedback, asking more questions, and they see that there is work being done that ultimately will help them and the managers also will be helped. If you don't achieve that, it's all fake and it's not going to be effective at the end. So if somebody wants to do that in whatever function you're in, go ahead and build those relationships make them continuous and truly show people that what you're trying to do is help them and show them that you're understanding what they're saying, what challenges they're having, and then provide your feedback as to how you think you can help them. Whenever you get to the solution in phase of that, make sure you bring them in thinking, okay, this is what we understood from you. This is the issues that we see. These are the challenges. These are the potential ideas we have that could potentially help with this or process adjustments or technology implementation or whatever it is, or changing the metrics that we're tracking and see what their thoughts are before you go and implement it. Yeah. So going back to the very initial thing, time and human, you got to get people's trust and then you got to get them to work with you. Man, so much good stuff in what you just shared. We just had a little masterclass, by the way, on organizational leadership. I don't know if anybody picked up on that. Thank you, Shafiq, for that right there. Um, there there's a golden nugget. Um, on your Tuesday, um, I, I just want to mention that, you know, we talk about buy-in and we talk about organizational buy-in and my friend Dave Seaton, who's not with us today, he's here uh, on the regular, but he, he's got a really great course that he does on this. One of the things he says in that course that is right where you were just now, Shafiq, and that is that having people go, oh yeah, that's a good idea. That's not real buy-in. You know, when, when it, whatever you call it, verbal buy-in, whatever, that basically is pointless and useless because yep. quite frankly, our society is conflict averse. We don't like to disagree with people if we don't have to. So we might actually think it's a bad idea and it's socially expected that you find a way to look like you're in agreement so that there's not conflict. 
course, then you have the other side of the spectrum, people who disagree about everything all the time. But what we need to make sure of is not what are the words that we're all saying. We need to make sure that we all actually genuinely see value for ourselves and for the organization and for our customers and that we clearly delineate who is responsible for what and make sure that there are no assumptions. Make sure that everything's clear. Make sure that we all understand what the goals are, how we're going to measure those goals and what the outcomes are that those goals are going to lead us towards, right? And that we can measure all of this and we can all feel good about all of this and that we're actually having a real human connection around these topics and not just having kind of a fake high five, yeah, great idea, right? Yep, 100%. Um, Trust is everybody's job. It's, you can't make one person responsible for building trust across the organization. It's everybody's it's everybody's responsibility to go gain that trust across their team and outside their team as well. Yep. So, I mean, technically we're out of time. I just want to make one more final comment before we jump. And that is that if in business and in life, we can make these kinds of human connections, whatever the threats are, we can navigate them together, right? I mean, at the end of the day, times are tough in the economy. People are being laid off. Things are difficult. But if we can make human connections where we're driving value for every stakeholder inside and outside of the company, we can navigate tough times in ways that, quite frankly, will get us through. So I'll leave us on that note, Shafiq. Thank you so much for being with us. What a great show. Um, just a pleasure, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Great conversation. Absolutely. And feel free to join us at the discussion table after I push this big red button. You guys have a great Tuesday. To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX live.